Cynics on Disney podcast contains adult language. Listener discretion is advised. This is the Cynics on Disney podcast, presented by Nightclub33.com. Welcome in to this week's special edition, uh, a visual and audio version of the Cynics on Disney podcast. I'm your host, Bobby, a.k.a. the Disney Cynic, and I am joined uh, this week by, you know, co-founder, co-owner, whatever you want to call him, my boss, uh, Steve Rhodes. Thanks for joining us uh, this week. I appreciate it. What's up, everybody? Happy to be here yet again. Uh, talk a little uh, golf, kind of, but uh, also tying it in with the with the Walt Disney World Parks, so. Yes, and I'll go ahead and brag on myself. I've had a, a pretty good run with an article uh, here regarding what Disney could learn from the Masters, and called it uh, the cost of reverence. Uh, you know, because that's kind of what it takes. Uh, you know, for something to become uh, idealistic in, in a way. But the Masters is absolutely an idealistic golf tournament. They set up their own story. It's very picturesque, everything like that. Um, so the same can definitely be said uh, of Disney because, I mean, let's face it, that that's what do you get every time you get the DVD uh, planner video? Nothing but money shots of the, the Magic Kingdom and, uh, you know, Spaceship Earth and Tower of Terror and the Tree of Life, etc. They both entities, I guess, really know how to pull off that idealistic view uh, of, of themselves. Uh, and you know, there's obviously some problems here and there with with both. Um, Steve, I know that if you know Steve at all uh, and his feelings on the Grand Floridian, you can imagine that his <laughs> thoughts on uh, Augusta National in general would probably fall along the same lines. But you know what? Let me go ahead and ask you right off the top of your the, here. Is Augusta National just too stuffy for, for Steve Rhodes? No, I mean, I would love to go there and if they'd ever allow. <laughs> give me give me a chance of getting tickets. Uh, one of the hardest tickets to, to get in, in the sport. Um, but, you know, it does have that, you know, hoity-toitiness about it with, you know, how the membership is. And uh, we're not fans, we're patrons. And just kind yeah. of the checklist of things and, and how they have... Um, you know, and that's one of the things we're going to talk about is what the Masters can learn from Disney and vice versa, obviously, where we started. What Disney can learn from the Masters. Should they maybe, should the Masters maybe relax a little bit uh, to gain more of a casual sports fan and not just uh, not just the the golf fan. So, yeah, I mean, wow. there's, I think there's, it's a two-way street. Both of these companies can learn from each other. Um, but I think, you know, you've got some good points about what Disney can can learn uh, from the Masters. Well, your first one was about the about cost, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and if you're watching us here, uh, I've grabbed my driver so I can <clears throat> tee off, if you will. Um, <laughs> the see, audio the version, the people that are in their car and listening to the audio version have no idea, but... Well, I mean, you, that's why you got to also watch this thing because you know what? It's hilarious, guys. I'm like <laughs> fucking uh, carrot top with, with my golf props here today. So, uh, but like the the truth of the matter is, is that I, I don't think that the Masters has raised cost on anything since uh, like 1967. Like I, I really don't. Um, like cokes are a dollar, bottle water is a dollar, uh, everything uh, coffee is a dollar, pimento cheese sandwiches a dollar fifty, chicken sandwiches two bucks. You know, that not not for nothing. That's dirt cheap, and we're talking about the most prestigious golf club in America. We're talking about the toughest ticket to get uh, in potentially sports, not just golf in sports, um, because of you know all of the quote unquote restrictions. See, there's another prop right there, that white glove. Um, you know that they put <laughs> on uh, this whole deal. Um, so you know. Obviously, you know, it's tough to get into, but once you get in, it's it's a idyllic experience because you're, you're not spending boatloads of money on, on stuff like food and stuff like that. Even the souvenirs are, are you know, I don't even, I don't want to say dirt cheap, but they're reasonable, like 15 bucks or 20 bucks for a hat. I mean, that's yeah. that's almost at cost for probably Disney at the, at this point. So what I mean. With that being said, are you expecting the same of Disney not to raise prices for you know twenty years at a time, or or, or so, what's your what's your angle? Yeah. So obviously, there's two different things to consider. 
One is that Disney is a business, and as a business, it is yeah. you know basically bound by the the stockholders and stakeholders to make money. So I understand that to to a degree, but also you know you gotta kind of provide what you're selling uh, in, in a way. You can't just sell people a bag, a bag of tricks and you know just say just because you didn't have a magical experience that's your fault. Um, Disney should be providing that that kind of magical experience, and I don't think that 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 a requirement for having such a an experience should be a you know well funded bank account. That's that's just me personally. So I use the the example of the the pimento cheese sandwiches continuing to be a dollar fifty. Look, any other place in America that that you need to get a bottle of water and any vending machine, it's two dollars to to get a bottle of water. Why is Disney charging five? Yeah, because I mean, I, mean they, I guess because they can. <laughs> yeah, exactly, because they can, uh, yeah. and because the the you know people know that they that they're not going to want to drink the shitty Orlando water, so they're 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 going to make money off of it. But um, you know, at the same time, it, it's. You don't have to charge that much. There's a way for Disney to do this and still make money, and you just do so at a slightly lower margin, uh, I would say. And you can end up, you know, giving a better overall experience because of that, or at least from the consumer standpoint. Because you know, I I don't know if you heard or not. Um, there was a guy that just got arrested over at Disney Springs this weekend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, this is kind of timely for, I spent for this. $15,000. <laughs> you know what? I sympathize with that guy to a degree because it does cost $15,000 for you to sometimes if you blow, uh, if you go the wrong way and believe me, there's plenty of people who don't take our advice and, and do things the way that we do it. But you know, for for somebody who thinks it's going to be a once in a lifetime trip, and so they bl- they're willing to blow that kind of cash on it. Like I feel for that guy to a degree that he did spend that much money, and he's not getting the experience that was promised on a box uh, or inside of yep. a planning DVD. So like to me, but that it, I mean, he knew oh, like also wear your mask. Also, <laughs> you know, also pay attention. He knew, and don't, he knew the rules before he went to the private property and decided. Yeah, not to I'm get his not disputing yeah. any of that. I'm yeah. just saying I have empathy yeah. for a guy who spends that kind of money, uh, who doesn't feel like he's getting that kind of experience. Sure. Whether the cops are, are involved or not, you know, that's a whole separate issue. And also yeah. cops don't be a dick to that guy. Come on. But, <laughs> uh, you know, the, the, it sounded like the cop tried to make a one uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger one liner out of it, too. But, you know, the, that was over the top. Anyway, point point being is that, you know, when people spend that kind of cash on uh, on an experience, they expect it to be perfect. And when it's not perfect, I understand them getting kind of pissed off at, at, at things, you know. So um, from a consumer end standpoint, you can pay less or you can certainly charge less, even if it is a little bit more restrictive on, you know, the, the capacity or something, something along those lines um, so that you can provide uh, a, a less costly experience for the consumer. Um, on top of that, you know, there's there's only three sponsors um, that sponsor the Masters. It's IBM, uh, it's Mercedes, and AT&T. And that's it. Period. The end. They show three commercials. They're not, like, ESPN's not allowed to show uh, other previews for anything. CBS isn't even allowed to, to advertise their own shows. You know, the whatever Murphy Brown reboot they're trying to do these days or whatever. The only thing yeah. they, they can do is say that, you know, if the Masters runs late, 60 minutes is still coming up. That's it. You know, so the, that to me kind of ties into the intellectual property debate, which was released this week as well. And if you haven't listened to that, I highly encourage you to listen to that episode as well. Uh, For those I, on video, I'll link the uh, link that uh, podcast. Please in the, do. In the yes. And watch. There we go. <laughs> Sorry, I've always wanted to do that. I've never gotten to be the video host before. So, um, you know, but um, there, there's also certain monuments, th- things like that, that, that you come to expect with Augusta National, even. Um, Amen Corner. Uh, it, it's something that 
pretty much every golf fan recognizes. I think a lot of non-golf fans even recognize the phrase if they don't uh, know exactly what it means. But it's the second shot of 11, the hole uh, of, uh, of 12, and the tee shot of 13. So, you know, that's just like a spot uh, for, you know, the, the weird people on Instagram that have to go to that purple wall uh, or, you know, just that, taking your uh, selfie in front of the, uh, the Magic Kingdom castle and everything like that. There's sure, a there's, lot of similarities between there's the, the two. There's the parallels there, but, I mean, I don't think, uh, the you know, Disney has some things that they can, you know, definitely learn from the Masters. I think uh, the cost going up, astronomically every year with tickets and food and things like that that might be something they can rein in but i also think on the other side of the coin that the masters i I touched on it earlier you know with just for no reason other than just doing it uh having this air about itself like it's just so so good like we're patrons we're not fans like that's bullshit like who gives a fuck like don't don't come out here with that crap yeah there's fans there's fans patrons get the hell out of here and the whole fact disney does it too though they're it's not customers it's guests they're guests but i don't call it that either i mean but they're they're not uh workers they're cast members but disney does a really good job of making something available to to everybody uh you know that was walt's vision uh to make it so our children and families could could play together at, at this theme park experience where the masters is really targeted at at only golf fans it's not it's not targeted at the sports fan and we had we had this discussion off camera uh no disrespect to the guy but danny willett he's a he's a professional golfer you and i watch a lot of professional golf but we were talking you can't this guy won the masters the most prestigious tournament we couldn't pick this guy out of a lineup like if he were to walk in a room with one of us right now we would not know that was danny will that's a problem that's a that's a huge issue when you have the most prestigious golf tournament out there and you don't even know who in the hell this guy is. Whereas anybody that's even remotely ever gotten into Disney or watched it, I mean, you have to have seen a Disney movie. You just can't miss it if they own yeah. so much. But you know, people are telling you about ancillary ca- characters, and if a ma- you can't identify a Masters champion, that's a problem. And doing stupid crap like calling people patrons and just trying to have this stupid air about itself that put this curtain, you know, this false curtain that really doesn't really exist about the play. Like, like you're making it less accessible, and you, I, I just don't think that the game benefits from from some of the the things like bitching about hoodies or for the longest time you you know they didn't even allow black people to show up there you know like things like that just put up well obviously that's one that you know thankfully thankfully uh that has changed the you know the hoodies issue not the black people no i'm kidding um (laughs) you know yeah yeah but at the same time though um the i We've definitely discussed this God knows how many times in text messages uh, and everything like that. I've driven past Augusta National a handful of times. Um, In fact, I did a project for for work, not, uh, you know, maybe five, ten minutes down the road from there. So every time that I had to stop in and monitor the project, hell yeah, I was going to drive by just to say that I did. You cannot see it. You cannot see one single blade of the of the tournament uh, area from from the road. Um, and also, the the Augusta National Golf Club is in a shithole, uh, as far as I'm concerned. The closest thing to to something nice in that area is the Publix. But you know, everything else <laughs> is like Hooters and the Knights Inn and a bunch of like. I mean, it's the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's also a lot of lowbrow shit that that you know you wouldn't think would be associated with the Masters, but you know, there's a Wendy's well, right of outside the, of the gate. So, but think I'm of it this saying, way: before you know. before Disney came into Florida, that was a Orlando was a freaking swamp. It was a shithole. Um, and I mean, hey, we're called the city grown. beautiful, man. The city beautiful. <laughs> but just think about just think about that though, in terms of what Disney did and built. Orlando into what it is today versus where Augusta hasn't, you know, Augusta National, what has it done for its town? What, what, what's, I mean, what's happening around it? Nothing. And, and that just certainly not around the area. Yeah. This is a pilgrimage Uh, for golf fans. This is a pilgrimage for golf fans. And, and that's my point. 
let's open up. You have this prestigious tournament where, like you said, every blade of grass is cut ever so high, and you know, and and it's done such a way. But let's open this up and let people enjoy this that may not have even wanted to watch a golf tournament. Why is this so special? Explain that to people. Don't just, you know, throw out arbitrary terms. You know, you didn't hit the ball in the rough. It's in the second cut. Like, saying stupid shit like that. Like, that that kerfuffly bullshit is why golf in general doesn't get it. But but it's, it's the places like the Masters where it gets the bad rap or your general sports fan just doesn't have access or doesn't want even want access because of, of crap like that. So. so I'm going to pull out my uh, trusty eight iron here uh, and uh, <laughs> come up with a different approach. If you oh will. lord, uh, I feel I feel sorry for the people in their cars. He's literally pulling out uh, golf clubs. <laughs> so you have to flip over to the YouTube, the Not Club Thirty Three YouTube channel to see the video of this when you when yeah, you get. I'm home. even wearing like my Augusta <laughs> green and everything, man. Like I, I went all out for this you know, for this shit, you know. So but so. My, my approach to, to this is that I, I think that some of what you're talking about is what makes Augusta National special compared to every other golf tournament that's out there. They don't call it the rough. They call it the, the first cut. They don't uh, call it customers, uh, uh, you know, customers. They call them patrons, et cetera, et cetera. Sure. So I, I think that there's, you know, something to that in terms of a uh, of an allure, I agree with you on the idea of opening it up uh, a little bit more and maybe dropping some of the um, the sanctity uh, of it. But also, you can keep the terminology. You can keep a lot of the, the stuff that, that makes it different uh, from every other course, just like Disney does. Uh, call ca- uh, you know customers guests, just like Disney calls the, the employees cast members. Sure. But you it's know, not special... It's not special because they're cast members. It's not special because they're patrons. It's not special because it's the first cut and the second cut of rough. It's special because every grade of blade of grass is a certain height. And it's special because it's in pristine condition. Don't just arbitrarily make up words. Like, you know, Disney's special because there's a, a trash can every 20 feet or 20 steps or whatever the hell Walt made it. But they don't sit there and call it, well, this is a waste bin or something. You know, they don't call it... Okay. You know, they, yeah, they it's that, not special because but... you gave it a bullshit name. It's special because you paid attention and, and thought about the details, but just giving it an arbitrary name and to make it different, quote unquote, as I'm doing air quotes, um, you know, it, it, it's it, it's just it's just too much. And and for me, I think it puts a lot of people off. And when, like I said, if you can't, even if us as golf fans can't pick a champion out of the lineup. That's an issue. That's a marketing issue where Disney would hammer down on that IP and, you know, everybody would know, you know, if you got a green jacket, that's a big freaking deal in golf and how I could just not know him, you know, that that's crazy. So I think that there's a positive and negative to, to both. So yep. speaking, obviously, the, Disney should and can learn from the Masters. Uh, I think especially from the cost perspective. I'm not saying that they have to be a charity at this point because I'm sure yeah. that there's a, a little bit of that with regards to, uh, you know, the, the actual tournament itself. That Usually there's some sort of charity involved with, with any sort of tournament. But yeah. at the same time, uh, you know, Augusta National can learn a, a few things from, from Disney. But, but yeah. what we can I think we can agree on is that both do offer that idyllic you know point of view and yeah, i feel definitely. like yeah. for for me the, my opinion um the masters delivers on that a little bit more than what disney has been doing of late not withstanding the pan you know pandemic withstanding uh, yeah, we're say, not talking about but yeah. you know the, that's it's tough for them to deliver the perfect experience when we all have to stay six feet away from each other and yeah, wear masks. We, yeah, we can't count that, you know, into yeah, the I'm, equation. I'm, but yeah, but you know, leading up to this, this article for you know for reference, I wrote this in 2018. I mean, yep. this is like the third time the that we've rerun this article because it continues to apply, and so you know that's that to me is saying something. Uh, in that in those couple years even before the pandemic it didn't get better 
it kind of you know stayed the same or in some cases got got worse as a customer uh experience or at least to me it did it may not have been the same for you obviously your mileage may vary on on some of this stuff but that that's why i want disney to kind of learn from the masters is that you know hey you guys both have this idyllic setting you guys both have um you know high quality standards when it comes to a lot of things that are out there yeah why not also you know take a little bit of a hit on this hell the, you're making a, a fucking billion you know how many billions of dollars off of uh avengers movies i mean yeah, yeah. black panther and uh captain marvel alone made two billion dollars you weren't expecting those two characters of all the characters uh that are out there to make two billion dollars each you know and the, don't get me wrong they were floated by uh, you know other things too but I'm just saying that you know you you may you've made plenty of money off of those films and everything like that. Sure, you can sacrifice a, a couple bucks here on a hotel. You can sacrifice a couple bucks on a ticket, especially when you know that once you get that ticket, you're not just buying a ticket. You're buying three bottles of water. You're buying a plush kid for the toy, or, or you know a plush, plush toy for toy the kid for the kid. Yeah, <laughs> plush kid for the toy. Yes, you are. Uh, um, you know, you got to give something for Woody and Buzz to play with. So. No, but, I, you know I, what? I, I don't disagree. Yeah. I, I, I at the same time, though, yeah. we did do this podcast for two reasons, right? You know, we did do this for so we could talk about the article and, and relate it back to Disney. But we also wanted to talk some master stock, right? I mean, yeah. So for those of you that are diehard into golf, we'll uh, we'll jump into that yeah, <laughs> into some. Tell uh, you what, if you have zero interest golf. in golf <laughs> itself, go ahead and. I don't blame you. Go ahead and stop listening at this point. But <laughs> if you have any sort of interest whatsoever in, in we'll the Masters yeah. tournament, uh, feel free to keep on listening. And because we're going to talk some gambling, we're going to talk a lot of different things here moving forward. Mostly um, gambling. Yeah, mostly gambling. Uh, <laughs> but that ties into what we think is going to happen with the tournament and everything like that. So, um, you know, first, let, let's... Uh, Let's talk about a lock here, a couple different locks. Um, okay. Who is your lock to finish in the top five? So somebody who's just, you know, he's great out there, um, and he's going to be in contention all four days. He may or may not if win I, it, but he's definitely going to be in the top five. If I can get odds on it, it's Justin Thomas all day. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, he's he's going to be there. Okay. Any other particular uh, reason other than than that? I it's mean, JT. bring I, some of the non-golf I, fans into I, it. I, huh? I, I, yeah. I think he's the most consistent golfer out there right now, um, and he, you know, he shows up at a tournament. He's going to place top twenty every time. Um, his game is suited to just about every style of course. Uh, he can play long if he needs to. He can play fine if he needs to. Um, there's the pressure doesn't seem to get to him. Uh, this is just one of those tournaments where I think he's he's going to be around. And, and with JT, uh, if I have to pick a lock, I don't I don't. That's not who I have winning. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he won, but uh, I'm sure. going to go I'm going to go JT. Just he's pretty much he's a lock for top five for me. And the odds makers hate. agree with me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I have a love hate relationship with. Uh, the my pick for this, and I, now you now that I've said that, you know exactly who I'm going to pick. Yeah, uh, it's it's Bryson DeChambeau. Um, yep. You know, and it's not it's not because he's gone out and bombed. And although he he literally has like hit 400 yard drives and everything like that, sure. which is absolutely batshit crazy. Um, I don't think that he's going to overpower the course, but at the same time. Augusta is kind of a thinking man's golf course, which is why, honestly, I was shocked that DJ won. Uh, Dustin Johnson won it in, in 2020. <laughs> Are you saying he's uh, not a thinking man? <laughs> I am very much so. Saying he's the male equivalent of a bimbo. Him and Brooks Kepka both, uh, you know, there are both like dumb blondes that you know, like you can make all those jokes about. Um, oh, you know, the, I'm just saying they're, they're not the brightest bulbs in the batch. Um, you know, so. I'm surprised that DJ was able to kind of put it together. Shima looked way. like crap in in the fall at the Masters. There was also this weird thing going on where I think he might have had COVID during during that time, or like he might have had some. 
some symptoms of it or something because he said his brain was foggy. He had like a lot of exhaustion uh, type symptoms. And after winning a major uh, and uh, putting on all that weight like he did to, to be able yeah. to bomb it like, like he has, it doesn't shock me that his body kind of gave out on him a little bit when you're not used to playing okay. competitive golf at that level in November. Uh, so I, I think this year he, he might've learned some lessons from the tournament last year. Uh, I know that he's cut weight. I know that he's still, uh, is out there, you know, hitting the the bejesus out of the ball, but he's also a quantum physicist. And while I hate the, the, you know, that he takes literally every second on that shot clock to, uh, to hit his shot. Augusta requires you to kind of think that that way. So I think Bryson's got a, uh, a pretty good chance at, uh, at, at a minimum, being in the top five, if if not uh, okay. being right there uh, on the leaderboard on Sunday. So I'll read these off for the uh, for the folks listening to the audio version. Are the top five according to Vegas? This is from Bovada. Um, uh, number one, they still they have Dustin Johnson listed as the odds-on favorite at nine to one right now on Bovada. DeChambeau and Justin Thomas both at eleven to one. Jordan Spieth surprisingly in there at twelve to one, and then rounding out the top five is John Rahm, the Spaniard, at fourteen to one odds as number five. Uh, those are the Vegas picks um, for top. And five. as of so, this recording, yeah. Jordan Spieth is leading the Valero Open. Uh, and yes. he's been playing better of late. I, I would not have put him in uh, those top five personally, but I, I, I guess I get where Vegas is coming from, that he's coming in hot into uh, a course that he's uh, won a, and dominated at a couple of times. So, yeah. um, you know, I, I, I get it, but I, I'm also hesitant because the the vast, uh, you know, the most recent history, even though, like I said, he's winning right now, uh, yeah. The most recent uh, year, if you will, suggests that, no, nah, Jordan Spieth has no chance to win it. So I'm surprised that he's that high. Um, Speaking of surprises, who, yeah, go ahead. I was going to yeah, throw the question at you off the <laughs> Yeah, sure. You know, thank God we discussed this ahead of time, right? Um, <laughs> so from a, uh, from a not top 20 odds guy, uh, and you, you yeah. rattled off just about everybody who was in the top 20, who do you think is a lock to make the cut? Like just somebody that you know isn't supposed to be in contention that you think yeah, will make but the it, cut. but it, but will be in contention basically, uh, you know because they 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 may not have been thought of it as a highly highly bet favorite, but yeah, they're right there. Okay, so um, I've got a handful of guys that are that are on that kind of area. Uh, one is Francesco Molinari at 125 to one odds to win, uh, which that's quite. <laughs> That's big odds there, but but you know, he also he was, uh, he was Tiger Woods' biggest competitor right up until the twelfth hole on the final day on Sunday. Yeah, so so I I definitely think he's going to make the cut, and this is the kind of course that he's not a bomber, and you don't have to be a bomber to to play well at Augusta. So this is one of those type of courses where if he's calm and playing his game, he he can be in there, um, and then my my other we, we already dropped his name. He's won it before. And it's 150 to one odds to win it again. Uh, at at those at those numbers, you might want to throw, you know, uh, twenty bucks on Danny Willett. I mean, <laughs> he's done it before, <laughs> and if you can get 150 to one on it, I mean, why not? Yeah, I mean, I guess it's worth a unit, uh, yeah. a unit of gambling of, uh, of what for entertainment purposes only. Uh, not, not purposes, we're not, we're not condoning gaming in states where it's illegal. No, not <laughs> at all. Why would we ever do such a thing? Um, but, you know, I, if I had to grab one of the uh, dolphins from SeaWorld, which, of course, is an entertainment purpose um, oh to, to gamble. Uh, I, <laughs> that, that's a great line and you know it. Um, oh, God. So I'll I'll throw a couple uh, out there since you got to pick two. Um, yep. One of them is my boy Billy Horschel. He's been playing okay. great of late. Um, yeah. he, he's finished in the top ten, uh, I think, two or three times out of the last four or five tournaments um, that's out there. He's at plus 8,000, which is 80 to 1 odds uh, to for the, the non-gambling uh, guys out there. Um, 
what I love about this guy, obviously you guys know me, I'm a huge University of Florida fan. When Tiger Woods got in his wreck, um, he wanted to support Tiger, so he drew the the TW sign on his hat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> For to, to show support to Tiger, but there's no way in hell that some bitch was wearing black and red on Sunday. No, absolutely not. Those are UGA colors, and uh, uh-uh, he's not wearing any of that stuff out there. So, good on him. That's that's why I like him. Um, the other guy that I'm going to throw out there, I don't love him, love him because of a particular situation. Although he was, I guess, forgiven. Um, but it's Matt oh, Kuchar. I already know where you're going. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's Matt Kuchar, and it's because. Kuchar's another guy that's kind of a thinking man's golfer. He's uh, somebody who, you know, like you know, like Francesco Molinari, he's not a, the the biggest bomber out there, although he probably should be since he's like 6 and 9 or some something ridiculous <laughs> like that. Uh, that. That guy should be able to put a lot of torque on the ball. But Kuchar's a guy that is constantly in the top 10. No matter what tournament the, that he's in, he always seems to be hanging around the, the top 10. And he's probably he's probably the most accomplished golfer out there that hasn't won a major. It'd be close between him and Ricky Fowler. So you know, you see a lot of he's not even invited. So, (laughs) well, yeah, I think Kuchar might have the one up on him there. Yeah, yeah. for for this year certainly. But I, I would also say that you know of the 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 tournaments where first time winners tend to come from, it's. The Masters, because it's held every year at the same course. You don't see a lot of first-time major winners at the U.S. Open or the Open Championship or the PGA because those rotate uh, on a yearly basis. They will suit certain players' games better um, based on design, but they're... You know they don't get to play them every year necessarily, unless it's like a Pebble Beach or a Torrey Pines or something like that. Uh, So... Uh, to me, uh, yeah, uh, I, I'd, I'd give Kuchar a pretty good fighting chance, and I'd definitely throw one of the SeaWorld Dolphins out there uh, <laughs> on him. So. 100 to 1 on Kuch. Uh, I can't put money on him after that display with him and Scotty Scheffler at the semifinals in the match play where they just took four and a half. I don't know how you take four and a half hours to play a round of match play. That's just, the slow play slow play pisses me off worse than the hoity-toitiness of, of golf. So. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so who's your who's your old guy that's going to be hanging around in this? There, there's always one, some guy that's over fifty yeah. that just shows up and 100%. and uh, and 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 hangs around. Who's who's your pick? Listen, it always comes down to one or two people, and it's a coin flip for me. Um, it, it's either Bernard Longer or Freddie Couples. Yeah, uh, I, I'm gonna. You know what? Because Freddie Couples had a back issue uh, the last couple of years, it's his time to 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 come back and like you know be in the top 10 on on saturday or something like that uh he'll fall off on sunday but i'm thinking that uh freddie couples has got a little bit of life in him all right well I, i'm gonna I, I was gonna go with bernard longer but since you already kind of name dropped him i'll kind of go off the beaten path and i'm gonna drop my boy vj Singh on you Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, he'll be around on different. Set. It, it, he, I, I think he'll end up being like uh kind of talked about a little bit and He'll do that whole Tony Fionnau disappearing act towards the end. Um, there's another guy that, you know, decent odds on Finau, um, but just can't seem to put it together. He's only got the one. I think he still only has one win on tour. But uh, Yeah, uh, but he's still, he, he's another guy that hangs around the top five, top ten. Uh, he's a great golfer. So that, that's why I would. And also a massive, Finau, massive Disney fan. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, to tie it back you in. telling me. Yeah, he's uh, no, the, he's on the TV in the ho- in the in your in the resort room. It's like Tony Finau's trip to Disney. I think he's on that the Disney son of a bitch. Right now. You can look. Yeah, you, you mean to tell me that he replaced Stacy? <laughs> you want to get into prop bets? <laughs> yeah, let's get into some of the, some of these prop bets because you've got some real ones and I've got some fake ones, uh, and I, I kind of want to uh, get into some of mine. So uh, st- you start. With some, right. with some of the real ones that you can actually go gamble on right now at certain websites. Three, three that caught my state. eye in, in, in the ones that I might actually wager on. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau, drive, total length, not carry, 404 and a half yards over under. Um, I'm going to take the under on it because I don't think he's going to be out there trying to bomb this course because it'll penalize you if you end up you know in the quote-unquote second cut. Um, so I'm going to take the under on that. So I'm going to take the over. 
And the reason is, is because there's three perfect holes in my mind where mm-hmm. he can just let it rip. Number two, number 10, and number 13. And two of those so are think, par fives. So you think um, he's just going to let loose and try to cut the trees out of like two or something like that and carry it yeah, 390 and, and roll out past 405? Two yeah. especially, it's downhill. Yeah. So if he gets it, if he hits that draw right and he kind of gets it on the, the, the right-hand side of the, the fairway and gets it to kick left uh, a little, it's going to roll forever. And it wouldn't shock me if it, if it get, gets down to like the 430 range even because of that that downhill lot. We'll see which driver um, he shows up with. So if he yeah, brings the 45 he's got, inch or the 48. Yeah, he's, he's got like 27 different drivers, I think, that he tinkers he's with on a daily Not even basis, using so. Cobra's newest driver. He wasn't. No, the last no, week, he's so. not. Yeah. I'm using a more modern Cobra driver than, than DeChambeau is. <laughs> yeah. All know, right, so, so let's see here. Here's um, another one to drop money on. And I will there be an ace uh, hole-in-one? I'm pretty positive. I mean, there generally is. There have I think the last four years there have been one. And I think in the modern era, there's been 22 in the last 30 years or something like that. Um, yeah. You got to bet. It's it's minus 150 on the yes bet, so you got to bet 150 to win 100. But uh, I would bet yes on that. And then the no, if you did want to bet no, it's plus 120. So bet 100 to win 120 on no on the ace. I, I would also take that. In fact, I would sit the over-under on this, and this is one of my fake prop bets. Um, the over-under on it, I, I feel like, is one and a half. Yeah. Because there, there's usually one guy on Thursday who's struggling, who just hits it in the, in the yep. right spot uh, <laughs> and gets the hole-in-one and gets the roar of the crowd. He's not on TV, uh, yeah. but, except for that ace. But he, there's usually one guy that, that does that. And he then doesn't even on make Sunday, the cut, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Th- then on Sunday, there's always it's the hole's always in the, the exact same spot. So you know exactly where to hit it. And if you are... Right you know, feeling it with your, your eight iron that day, you're going to be able to, to put it pretty darn close to, to the hole. Um, and you just need a little bit of luck at that point to, to get it in. So I, I would say I would take the over on one and a half, even, um, that there's going to be that, but what do you think? Yeah. No, I mean, I, one and a half, I think is perfect. Uh, I, I don't know if I would bet on that specific one. I would kind of, I would definitely fade the under on it though if I was going to do it. So I would I would agree with you. Probably more chance that there'd be two than there'd be. Uh, there definitely more chance that there'd be two than there'd be none is what I would say. Um, yeah. So I would kind of I'd kind of be in that camp. So the other um, prop bet that I'm looking at is the cut line and and right now it's set in Vegas at three and a half for the cut line after Friday's round. Uh, just to give some perspective. Uh, the last three years, now you got to remember that 2020 was different. They played in the fall. 2020 cut line was even, um, but obviously the rough wasn't as penalizing as, as it will be in the spring. 2019, the cut was at three, but 2018, the cut was at five. So at three and a half, um, I, I don't know. that I, I, I'm going to take the under on it. I, I think the cut line is going to hover right around that three mark. That's just my my guess. So I, I would take the under on the cut. So I also am going to take the under on this, but for a different reason altogether. Why? Here's what Augusta National does. Once somebody starts to dominate a course, or once somebody starts to do something really spectacular out mm-hmm. there, like a Bryson DeChambeau and his drives, uh, for instance, um, they want to tiger-proof that course. They want sure. to DeChambeau-proof that course. So, to me, it would seem that Augusta National will have taken into account some of what's gone on over the last year, and especially with the longer driving distances that uh, have been going on in recent years, try to elongate the course, try to, or even potentially shorten it and put more trees and fairway bunkers into play. Just kind of screw with somebody's head to a degree. They really, the, Zach Johnson, that's a guy that we, we should have men- mentioned, uh, you know, in our former contenders yep. thing. Uh, he won it in 2007 with, I think, a score of plus two or plus three or something like that. 
And, you know, that was because they tiger-proofed the shit out of that golf course. So you think it's going to be, the cut line's going to be over three and a half? No, well, when you say under, I'm I'm saying it's going to be, like, even par. Oh, you think the cut line's going to be end up being even? The people are going to play that well that the cut line's even? Yeah, but um, okay. but at the same time, like even par is probably going to be closer to everybody's going to be bunched up into into the pack, so to speak. I don't think there's going to be one golfer that runs away with it with like a score of minus ten on on, on Thursday this year. I think that there's going to be a lot more balance and you're going to have a lot of people make the cut like 60 out of the the 80 some odd slots are going to make the cut that, okay. that's my opinion anyway. gotcha gotcha okay um see so here do we have any other real prop prop bets that we want to talk no, about those are the wanna... those are the real ones obviously more will come out uh after <sighs> our recording um <laughs> sure <laughs> It's time for me to put this one out, and right. see this is this is where Bobby the, has a the video audience hand. gets to see, <laughs> see the Scotty Cameron uh, that that I bought myself. Uh, the visual audience just imagine uh, flushing four hundred dollars down the drain, um, you know, for the same thing that you can buy some somewhere else. But nonetheless, um, <laughs> so I've got some fake ones uh, here that I kind of came up with that I would like to see. Um, these are going to be plus two, uh, 250 on all of them. Okay. So okay. if you had to pick the winning player's color shirt, which one are you going to pick? I'm going to take the field on not red because Tigers, not red. <laughs> nobody's going to be, nobody will wear red on Sunday. So, That's well, not I'm true. Take... Uh, pa- Patrick Reed, uh, our oh, most hated right. tour rat. Um, yeah. you know, he, he's a he will red wear, on he Sunday will wear for, And so will Finau at times, but, uh. Mm-hmm. Reed, fuck him. Yeah, <laughs> I'm. I'm gonna still just take the field on that red. I don't care about the winning. <laughs> so shirt. I'm. I'm gonna go with white because that, that's a. You know what? That's the kind of color that just looks really great underneath that green jacket. And I think that anybody who's in contention, uh, you know, sans a Tiger Woods uh, that's out there who's not playing this week, uh, you know, hopefully uh, get get well soon, Tiger. We're rooting for you. Um, you know, outside of somebody like that who always wears a particular collar on, on Sunday, mm-hmm. I think they go with the crisp white shirt because that's what's going to look best underneath that that green jacket, personally. Okay. So, uh, let's see here. Um, over or under, the number of references to Tiger Woods, speaking of, I've got that at 50. Now, that's for the whole tournament. Okay. <laughs> I think the think first it. day. It's, tw- it's 12 and a half a day. I think you're going to hit that number on Thursday and you're going to hit that number <laughs> on Sunday. But you but you're not going to have every single day they make 12 and a half or more references to Tiger. So I'm going to take the under on it. You can take the under. I'm actually going to take the the over on it because like it, with him being injured, with him being out and this being the first big time golf tournament that draws a lot of eyes uh, to it. And, you know, I'm sure that for a, not people like you and me who watch, you know, kind of on a weekly basis, um, but, you know, for the the casual golf fan, this is the first time that they, they're tuning into a tournament since Tiger uh, got into a car accident. So yeah. I kind of think it's going to be mentioned a lot personally. That, okay. So that's that's why I set it so high. I would um, definitely take the over if if – he had just if this was the 2020 Masters and he had just won, then had the car accident, they would be talking about him the entire time because he's the defending sure. champion. But all right, Let's, all right. So what's uh, another winner fake score? One for us? Uh, the winner score on 18. I think this was a good one. You like this on one hole too. 18? Yeah, on hole 18. So the the final hole of the tournament. It's a par four uphill. Most guys take a three wood off the tee, try to uh, pound it in there uh, with a six iron to get it close. Uh, usually though, that green is very unforgiving. Just ask Greg Norman about that. Um, <laughs> God knows how many times he had that collapse on Sunday. So, uh, I set the, the over under at four and a half thinking that bogey is a pretty reasonable bet. Um, you know, depending on, on the situation, Tiger made bogey when he won it in 2019. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, Unless somebody's got to make a birdie, they they may just be playing for par and might have to uh, might be making a mistake. Well, I think you made this easy because 
you set it at over par. Um, so I'm just going to take the under on it. If you had set it at four, that would have been a tougher question. But, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take the under on that. They'll, they'll make a par. Fair enough. I think also par is the, the smart play. But, like I said, there's been plenty of times out there when the tournament's locked up already. Oh, sure. You got a three-stroke lead. Ah, you missed it to the left a little, whatever. You know, and, <laughs> and you move on. Um, let's see here. Right, pick, pick, Winning, a winner. <laughs> pick a winner. Yeah. We because we haven't done that yet. We've gotten our odds yeah. picks in there, but we we who's a, who's a good odds favorite out there? And there's some good ones out there. But uh, does your winner come from the the top five? Yeah, uh, and I think it's the Shambo. I really do. You're gonna go with Bryson. Yeah, uh, and, and like I said, it's because it's a thinking man's course, and he's a thinking man. Uh, and no matter how much we despise the slow, slow play, there's nobody more. Uh, thoughtful on the golf course than than Bryson DeChambeau. So I'm going to go with him. 11 to 1 odds on Bryson. I'm going to go with the man that has 14 to 1 odds. Um, 10 years after Seve Ballesteros' hero passed away, Mr. John Rahm is going to uh, to win this Masters. Interesting. Uh, exactly First time winner. After. Yeah, I, I, he he just plays he plays well and. I just kind of like uh, I kind of like the pick on him, fourteen to one odds, and you know whether or not he was fourteen to one. I just think he's I just feel like he's going to win this one. He's definitely due for a major. I just don't think that his game suits it perfectly uh, for Augusta. His game suits more towards the U.S. Open uh, side yeah. of things, where you know it's very very difficult to reach uh, some of those pins, but it's a uh, tight fairway situation. Um, you know. I, that's just me, uh, but I, I kind of lean on uh, some experience. Usually, plays bodes well, uh, and and I think that Bryson's got enough because Bryson, his first uh, time out at Augusta, was on the leaderboard there for a sure. while. He was he was in the top twenty, so it's not like he can't play the course. It's that I think he he's been focused on trying to change the his game, and now. Now I think he's got the total package, so that that's where I'm who, coming. Who do you have? Um, who do you have as far as somebody that you can get some pretty good odds on that could actually win the tournament? Do you have it? I just throw my guy out there, like yeah, at twenty-five um, to one. At twenty-five to one, Colin Morikawa. I think you should definitely should have some money on that. That's a pretty good pick. Um, I would also say that Lee Westwood is a guy at forty to one. He's been playing great. Yes, he He's has been playing that, great. And he played him and Deshambo were the, uh, the guys who went down to the wire at Bay Hill down here in Orlando, yeah. uh, not too far from Disney, as a matter of fact. Um, the, the the Bay Hill Classic. So uh, yeah. Lee Westwood's a guy that that I think could really compete. Um, Xander Shoffley, that, that's another guy. Shoffley's, yeah, he's. Great he's tiny, but the the dude can put it out there, and he's pretty darn good with the flat stick. Uh, so I, I would say that he's uh, the, one of those two uh, okay. is is somebody who I would say is a pretty good contender as well. And at what day does Tony Finau uh, fade out of contention? Saturday. <laughs> yes, yeah, so you think it's going to be Saturday or Sunday? It's going to be Saturday. He'll he'll like start off with a minus seven, uh, yep. you know, and that'll get him. The, you know, through the cut and everything, he'll play two year, under. Thirty-six hole leader and uh... <laughs> yeah, he'll play two under on on, on yeah. Friday and he'll be right there toward, at, at the top. But then yeah, he'll collapse on, on yeah uh, on Saturday. That's our Disney guy, but I, I always root for him. I want him to win one. <laughs> it's not that I don't want him to win one. It's that I want him not to you know break his ankle on the par three course first. I'm just saying, you know. Um, all right, so two more here, uh, fake prop bets. Um, right. Winning play, player, are they going to be leading uh, at any point in the tournament prior to Sunday? Or I've got that at plus 150 or, you know, 15 to 1 odds. Um, or or will they not have any sort of uh, lead going into Sunday, come out of nowhere and capture the lead on Sunday and, and take it from there? Well, since I got my, that plus two fifty, since I'm picking John Rahm, I'm going to say he's not going to be leading at any point uh, until Sunday. Okay, he'll be right around the leaderboard in that top five, top three area. 
within a couple of shots, and then he'll just uh, take it home. Now, if somebody like JT wins it, um, then he'll probably have a lead after Saturday. That would be my guess. But. Okay. So, which one are you taking then? For sure, would I'm going. You, with, you taking John. I'm going with the winning player will not be leading at any point until Sunday. Yeah. Okay. That would so be my I bad. think the. I, I think that for the most part, you don't see that happen. Although it does, it, yeah. it does happen. Tiger did it uh, in 2019, um, so it, it's not unheard of at all. Um, I, I would say though that because I think the the winner is Bryson DeChambeau, part of the reason why is I think he's going to jump up on the scoreboard pretty early and stay yeah. there. You know, and that's what Jordan Spieth has done in the past. Uh, having huge Thursdays and Fridays uh, and playing, you know, minus two or minus three golf the, uh, on the weekend. So um, that's how I think it's going to go you know, personally. Um, you know, I, I think that so he's going to touch the leaderboard early on. Uh, and, and so I'm, I'm going to bet the, I guess. The yeah, if I was betting that. Bryson, I would, I would definitely take that bet uh, for him to be leading early. So, Steve, any other uh, things you want to throw out there about golf uh, in general, golf at Disney, golf, you know, the Masters tournament, anything like that? I think we touched on a, a lot. And for those that uh, stayed with us either here on, on YouTube or uh, in your favorite podcasting platform, just want to say thanks for letting us shoot the shit about uh, the Masters. I'm excited. And for those on the visual audience, I've taken off the white glove, and I'm going to smack Steve in the face with it and challenge him to a duel. Uh, and that duel will be to bring your clubs down with you the next time that you come down so that we can hit the links uh, over at one of the Disney courses. I would love to do that. Um, just have to be one of my longer stays, not the last one where I was there for two nights. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> the next long stay. Bring, yeah. bring the sticks. Uh, or, or you know what? You can rent clubs there. I'm, I'm pretty sure uh, yeah, you, you can rent own. some TaylorMades uh, <laughs> if you need to. So uh, Anyway, got, Steve, thank you so much for joining uh, the show on this one. Thank you so much for making this a special edition. Uh, is a both a visual and an audio uh, recording. Uh, go check out the article uh, that spawned all of this talk over on NotClub33.com and make sure that you're following us on social media, both at NotClub33 on Twitter, Facebook, Facebook, uh, not Pinterest yet. Um, Instagram, Instagram uh, Tumblr, the, you know yep, all, all of those. Yeah. Um, at Cynics on Disney uh, on Instagram and at Cynical Disney on Facebook and Twitter. If you want to check out uh, our specific show uh, type stuff, um, guys, appreciate you listening so much. Uh, and you know, hopefully, someone will be having uh, one of those days on, on Sunday. And that, of course, is. Like I'm wishing you a magical fucking day.